0: strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah,
1: the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Good evening to you and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you. As we continue what was started on Monday evening, we're talking about pleasing God We see in John chapter 8, verse 29, the words of Jesus, I do always those things that please him. And we mentioned on recent programs that we will say, well, that's Jesus, but what about me? And we're talking about the fact that this is something that we could partake in, that we can live a life that pleases God all the time. And I want to point your attention to 2 Peter chapters one, chapter 1, verses 2 and 4, which says that by the promises of God, he has granted us to become partakers of his divine nature. And part of the divine nature that Jesus demonstrated was that he always does those things that please him. We saw in Psalm 149, verse 4, the word says the Lord takes pleasure in his people. We know at Jesus' baptism, the word out of heaven came, and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we ask that, and we, I ask it again today. How would you like to hear those words spoken about you? This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. We read, I- yeah, Joni, go ahead. What's important to remember,
2: Shelley, is Jesus told our people, you must be born again. And when we give the Lord our heart and ask him to come in and forgive us for our sins and to guide us and to live his life in and through us, we can be pleasing to God because Jesus lived without sin in the flesh, and his resurrected life comes in to everyone who's born again.
1: Amen. Colossians 1 9 and 6. Paul prayed for the Colossians to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Why? so we can please him in all respects. That's powerful, Junie. We spoke about the definition of the Hebrew word, and the definition in English really says this. It is a strong positive attraction for something or someone that brings forth involvement. So this is not something to just talk about. This is a way to live by pleasing God always. Some translations, instead of pleasing... speaks about desire, delight to find pleasure in, or acceptance. And we've been going through biblical ways to please the Lord. We talked about obedience. There's no way we can please the Lord without obeying his word. We read from 1 John 3, verses 21 and 22. Another way to please God is by doing his will. How often have we read the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We read what David said, I delight to do thy will. And um, when Paul was preaching in the synagogue in Antioch, he declared that God raised up David to be a king, a man after my own heart who will do my will. So we ask ourselves and we we ask our listeners, is that your heart? Is your heart to do the will of God? Because if it is, you will be pleasing him.
2: And you know, Shelley, as you were reading that, the thought came to me of Jesus' sweating blood and the... uh,
1: Uh, He's talking about Gethsemane?
2: The the garden of Gethsemane, the olive garden. And in the flesh, he cried out to his father, If it be possible, let this cup pass by me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So we see the Son of God sweating blood, understanding what he came to die for and live for, for us, to redeem us. And angels came and fed him and strengthened him before he had to face for us, too, to cry out and say, if this cup, if this suffering if this experience that I'm facing is more than I can bear, if it can pass by me, nevertheless, Father, not my will, but thy will be done.
1: Let it be. Thank you, Lord. Another way we showed the Bible talks about pleasing the Lord is if we pray aright and ask the Lord for things that are dear to his heart, We refer you back to 1 Kings chapter 3, because God asked Solomon, ask what you wish me to give you. And that's a telltale sign of where we are. And Solomon didn't ask for anything personal. He asked for wisdom and discernment how to lead the people of Israel. Okay, let's go to another way to please the Lord. Um, Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. It says, we, are, we as believers are in the, I'm sorry, I, I want to give you an example, but first I want to get to the scripture. 2 Timothy 2.4, forgive me, let me just get my verse right. All right, if you have your Bibles with you, 2 Timothy 2.4 reads as follows. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Well, we as believers are in the army of the Lord, and God is our commander-in-chief. Now, it doesn't mean that you aren't aware of what's going on in the world. We need to keep in mind that 1 John five nineteen says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So God does not want us entangled, overwhelmed by the issues of the world. Because entangled means to be entwined or enmeshed or deeply involved. I think, Judy, when we were young, before the Lord, before we knew the Lord, we knew uh, sports figures, we knew who were actors and actresses in Hollywood, and now, you know, I don't know how many hollywood people that we could even name because it doesn't mean that much to us anymore it doesn't mean you can't go to some quality program or watch something but we should not be entangled with the affairs of the world we need to be a heavenly minded people separated unto the lord
2: and in today's uh season of covid-19 of the um Revolt of the people in America against the Constitution, against police, against religion, against holiness, seeing the House divided in Congress, and the scripture tells us a House divided cannot stand. We as believers need to press. Into eternal things and not get entangled with temporal things. And the only way we can do that, Shelly, is to cry out to the Spirit of God to open the eyes of our understanding that we might be His witnesses in this dark age. age. Yes. And Lord. it will be more fierce but to know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the tearing down of strongholds. So we can actually live without fear, without anxiety, without worrying about tomorrow, because God's life in us will give us the faith and will give us the wisdom to live in the spirit and be pleasing to God.
1: Amen. Again, Philippians three twenty says, "Our citizenship our citizenship is in heaven." And I trust you know First John two fifteen: "Love not the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him." So let's go on to another uh, characteristic that will enable us to please the Lord and that is the fear of god psalm 147:11 says this the lord takes pleasure in them that fear him the first time fear is mentioned in scripture occurred when abraham was about to offer his son isaac as an offering to god and the angel of the lord said to him in genesis chapter 22 verse 12 do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And you know, Junie, the first time fear is mentioned really is the true picture of what fear is. It's not fear like you're afraid of something. How could we be ever afraid of God? But we have to have a reverent fear for God. This is the true meaning of the fear of the Lord. It's a deep reverence for who he is a holy awe, A-W-E, of who he is. The word of God says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we see that Abraham had such a tremendous, it's more than respect, and he was in awe of who God was. And even though he was about to uh, slay his son because Abraham believed in the resurrection, he trusted God trusting God is really the fear of God expressed in our everyday uh, activities. So uh, God said, I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son. Junie, that's such a clear view of fear so it doesn't get mixed up with the fear where, ooh, I'm afraid of that. No, it's the true reverence of God that pleases him. God had asked
2: Abram to give up his son yes which was the
1: promise of god yes yes powerful father we thank you lord
2: thank you lord may
1: we live in the fear the awesome reverence of who you are and obedience and obey you and respect you and do all things that please you always thank you lord Lord, because the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom hallelujah we pray this in jesus name amen Amen.